Hey, I want to welcome everybody that's watching online. Uh, we take this service, and this is what's online on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. And I want to thank those of you that are joining us for church online, those of you that are watching on Sunday morning. And I want you to know we love you, we care about you, and we're praying for you. I see people all the time throughout town who tell me they're watching online. Our numbers have been three and 400 a week watching online. Uh, we've had a couple of things that we've done that we've had 2,000 views on, uh, which, which is mind-boggling. And uh, so with what we're doing here, what we're doing on Sunday, and what we're doing online, God's doing amazing things. Amen? <clears throat> hey, sign up for Men's Retreat. Uh, if you've never been to Men's Retreat, you'll have a blast. We're going to have a great time. Uh, we're going to be doing it ourselves, and uh, so we're going to have a great time doing that. I have so enjoyed teaching this summer and talking about faith. I have so enjoyed doing it, and I'm so glad that you're here tonight because I'm going to continue on that. Now, what have we found out? Well, we found out the very first thing we need to do is make sure we're right with God. Make sure you're right with God. Well, how does that happen, Pastor? Well, you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that he died on the cross, not for his own sin, but for yours. You believe that he was raised from the dead on the third day for your justification. You say yes to Jesus. And when you do that, well, then it makes us right with God. All right, listen, if you blow that, nothing else matters. Isn't it true? See, if I, if I don't get that right, then the rest of my life, it, it's, it's, it's not good. So we found out, you, you make sure you're right with God. Then the next thing we talked about was it's important to begin to read your Bible. You cannot be a growing, strong Christian apart from the Word of God. I've talked to so many of you, and I'm so excited and so thrilled that you have begun to read your Bible. I've talked to you, and you said, hey, Pastor, I've started reading my Bible. I talked to somebody just the other day, and they talked about how much it has ministered to them, how much it has changed them. You cannot be the Christian that you desire to be, that you want to be. I talk to people all the time who will say to me, man, Pastor, I want to be closer to God. Uh, what do I do to do that? Well, one of the simplest things you do is just start reading your Bible. Okay, read in the New Testament. Uh, a great place to start is read the book of John. Then if you finish the book of John, go to the book of Acts. Uh, then if you finish the book of Acts, you can go back and do Matthew, Mark, and Luke. After you do that, you can go right into the epistles. You can read the New Testament. Now, you don't have to read your Bible all day, but it helps to read it a little bit every day. Amen. And so what did we find out? What happens when you read your Bible? Well, Romans says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's how you get faith. That's how you build your faith. That's how you grow your faith. That's how you strengthen your faith. How? By hearing the Word of God. I read my Bible to myself out loud where I can hear it. I do it in the morning. I do it other times too. And I see it with my eyes. I hear it with my ears. And you know what I do? I starve my doubts and I feed my faith. And my faith grows. And as it grows, my relationship with God grows. My intimacy with God grows. Answered prayer grows. Why, why do I need faith, Pastor? Well, because it's the key to the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because those who come to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, as you read your Bible, the scripture says God will do what? He'll reward you. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like in your life, okay? But it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, well, how do I get faith? Well, you do just what we said. You read your Bible. Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then as I grow my faith, I move into a place where I'm pleasing God. And then God is, what's his nature? Well, his nature is to be a rewarder. Then what do we find out? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, two other translations say it's the confidence of things hoped for. The Amplified Bible says it's the title deed of things hoped for. Now, let me just ask you a question. What, what are you hoping for in your life? All right, as you look into August and September and October, November and December, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Do you have any? Okay, if you hook your faith to those hopes, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's my evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? Well, hey, God, I want you to move in my children's life. Hey, I've got kids getting ready to leave for college. And God, my hope is they have a good semester. My hope is that your hand is on them. All right, you pray, you release your faith, and you stand on the promises of God. Amen? All right, and then we read in Romans, and I'm not going to go there, but I want to remind you of three things we found out in Romans. You remember God told Abraham when he was an old man, hey, you and Sarah are going to have a baby? And what did Abraham say? Hey, me and mama sleep in twin beds. There ain't going to be no baby. Right? right? That's what he said. He said, I'm old. Mama's old. We're not having a baby. And God said, I said, you're going to have a baby. And they had a baby. And that whole story has, has an amazing end and amazing. It's going on right now even. But here's what I want you to, to remind you of. It says that God called those things that be not as though they were. And what does that mean? God told Abraham before he was a dad that he was going to be a dad. And he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. God told Abraham before he was a dad, he was going to be a dad. Are you with me? Okay, God calls those things that be not as though they were you can do the very same thing. You use your words, you use your mouth, you use your faith from your heart, and you talk about what you want. Listen, I'm praying things over my granddaughters that have not happened yet and may not happen until they're adults. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. Are you with me? One of the things that I pray over them, this is just one thing, is that they'll be hungry for God all the days of their life. The Bible says in Psalms, as the deer pants for the water. Now, I enjoy watching those nature clips on YouTube, you know, where the lion eats the zebra. and those. I love watching those. Yeah, well, I love watching the ones with the alligators and they're in the river and the deer comes up to the bank and he spreads his legs out so he can lean down and get a drink, right? And it says, the commentator says that he doesn't realize that he's staring death in the face because right out just a little ways, right under the water is an alligator or a crocodile. I, I love those videos. I don't know if you do or not. 
you know, and I love in a split second that crocodile explodes out of that water. And a lot of times the deer gets away, but then a lot of times he doesn't get away. And he's lunch, right? Now, the Bible says that as the deer longs for the water, you know, the commentator says they have to drink. They have to drink, okay? Some of them even die because they have to have water, okay? The Bible says that you and I should be hungry for God, thirsty for God, the way the deer longs for the water, okay? I pray that over my granddaughters every day. Not that they'll be eaten by crocodiles, okay? But I pray for them every day that they're hungry for God. Now, what am I doing? I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. You see, I want my granddaughters to be hungry for God. I want them to love church. I want them to love the Word of God. And I want them to want to be in church in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s. When I'm in heaven and I'm swimming in the river of life and they're still here, if Jesus hasn't come, I want them hungry for God. You can do the very same thing about anything in your life. Let me give you the next thing we've talked about. We talked about how Sarah, who against hope, believed in hope. Who against hope. What does that mean? Well, my situation's hopeless, Pastor. The doctor said it's hopeless. The banker said it's hopeless. Uh, the teacher said it's hopeless. Okay? Who against hope, believed in hope. What does that mean? I'm trusting God above all else. Thank God for doctors. I believe in doctors. Doctors have done amazing things in me, and God has used them to help save my life. But I have a higher authority than the doctor, and so do you. Amen? So when the doctor comes out and says, well, there's no hope, you say, thank you, doctor. We're so grateful for you. We're praying for you, but I have a higher authority. And against hope, we're going to believe in hope until there's no reason to hope anymore. Are you with me? All right, the next thing we talked about, and this is my last thought on this, is it says that Abraham and Sarah were fully persuaded. Now, can I just ask you a question tonight? Are you fully persuaded? What are you fully persuaded about? Is there anything in your life you are fully persuaded about? What do they say? The only two certain things in life are what? Death and taxes? Okay, we're all persuaded in that, right? Death and taxes. Okay, Abraham and Sarah believed the promises of God, the promises written in the Bible. And my question to you is, they were fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded? Now, let's say you're not. Let's say you'd say, Pastor, I don't know, man. You know, I struggle sometimes. I don't know that I am fully persuaded. Well, let me tell you how to make that better. Begin to read your Bible. You take time to read your Bible, you'll grow your faith, you'll starve your doubts, and you will move into a place of being fully persuaded. Persuaded of what? Here's the two things they believed. They believed that what God promised, he was able also to perform. Let me give you an example. I'm fully persuaded tonight that when my heart beats its last beat and my uh, artificial valve clicks the last time, Okay, I hope it still has 100,000 miles on it, right? You know, I hope, I hope it's got, got a ways to go. When my heart beats its last beat, I will go to heaven and I'll be with Jesus Christ. 
because I'm right with God, not because of anything I've done, but because of what Jesus has done and because I said yes to him. Okay, I am fully persuaded. Now, we've talked about this, haven't we? You know, you run into people and you say, hey, uh, you know, are you a Christian? Yes. When, when you die, are you going to go to heaven? Man, I hope so. <clears throat> now, I'm not picking on those people, but listen, I don't hope if I'm going. I know I'm going. Why? Because the promises of God say so. Are you with me? Okay, I'm fully persuaded that the promises God gives, he is able to perform. Now, I read my Bible on my iPad, and please just imagine this is my Bible, okay? And it is my Bible, because it's right on there, okay? You get your Bible, whether it's on your phone, your iPad, or whether you have a paper Bible, it's full of promises that belong to you. You're a son and you're a daughter, and you have an inheritance that belongs to you, amen? All right, as you read and you find those promises, you'll build your faith, you'll grow your faith, and you move into a place where you become fully persuaded that what God promises, he's able to perform. Have you ever had anybody promise to do something in your life and they don't come through? I've been guilty. I've done it. I'll stand right up here and tell you I've done it. I've told people that I would do things and then I didn't come through. And I'm not proud of it and I'm not bragging about it. I've done it. Probably everybody in this room has done it. I've told people I would do something and then I didn't do it. Listen, God will not do that to you. Now, one of the mistakes we make sometimes, see, is we take natural human attributes and we'll put them on God. Okay, can I encourage you? Go to God's Word and find out who God is. Find out what His promises say. Find out who you are. And then you move into a place of being fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what He promised, He'll do. Listen, God keeps His Word. I said God keeps His Word. My mother's in heaven. My dad's in heaven. My Mimo and Papa are in heaven. Grandpa Gray and Granny Gray are in heaven. My brother is in heaven. My sister-in-law is in heaven. And I will see him again. How do I know? Because what God promised, he's fully able to perform. Are you with me? If you know Christ is your Savior, we are going to be in heaven together. Bo, you and I are going to be there, bro. And we're going to be young and good looking. Not that you're not now. Amen? I'm talking about me, Okay? Right? I told my wife the other day, if I was any better looking, the women would trample her. She laughed just like y'all are laughing right now. Right? Okay, are you with me? Now let's go to another verse. I want to go to Mark 11, 23 and 24. And I'm going to read it to you out of the King James Bible, Mark 11, 23 and 24. It says, the beginning in verse, let me back up to verse 22. It says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. The Dewey Rain translation says, have the faith of God. Now, for just a moment, before we get on this verse, let me just give you a couple of truths here that'll help you. The very first thing it says is have faith in God. How do you have faith in God, Pastor? By reading the Bible every day and growing your faith. The other translation says have the faith of God. What does that mean? Well, listen, 
You and I are the sons and daughters of God. We've been saved by Jesus Christ and God has planted on the inside of us his faith. Listen, it isn't my faith, it's his faith. Are you with me? Okay, everybody's been given a measure of faith, a seed of faith, if you will. Now, you know what I'm doing with my seed? Well, I'm feeding it, I'm growing it, and I'm using it. That's what I'm doing with my faith. And it's the God kind of faith. Not natural human faith, but the supernatural God kind of faith. Okay, Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, have the faith of God. Now listen to me. Every one of you have it tonight. It's been placed on the inside of you. Then it says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have it. Now, there's a lot in that, amen? Now, let's go back to the first thing. Whosoever. 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 What does that mean? That means whoever wants it. Now, y'all understand the kingdom of God's like a cafeteria. You know, they tore down first cafeteria in Plainview, and uh, it probably needed to be torn down. It was old, and, and I heard they're building a new Brahms there. Is that true? Does anybody know? All right. If they are, I'm going there and getting ice cream, Amen. All right, well, you know, you go to Furs, you get in line, and you get up there, and you get you a tray and get you some silverware, and you go down the line, and you get whatever you want to eat. You get a little or you get a lot. Now, they went to one price years ago. When I was a kid, you had to pay for every item individually, and Mom controlled what we got. Well, when they went to one price, you know, that's when you get two meats and two pies, and right, you load up, okay? Now, the kingdom of God is the very same way. You can have all you want. Did you hear me? You can have all of you want. You can have all of God you want. The scripture says, whosoever, whoever wants it can have it. Now, you know what I know about y'all? I know you want it or you wouldn't be here. I believe that with all my heart. You know what I believe? There's not a hypocrite in this room. There's not a hypocrite in this room. Are you real people? Absolutely. Do you have struggles? Absolutely. Do you make mistakes? Absolutely. But there's not a hypocrite in this room. A hypocrite is a person who pretends to be something they're not. And I believe with all my heart that you're here tonight because you want something from God. And I know that's why you came on this Thursday night to hear the word of God. So it says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Now stop right there. What mountains are you facing tonight? What mountains have you got in your life? What mountain? I talked earlier about uh, a step out of self-sufficiency is a step into God, or a step into self-sufficiency is a step away from God. What have you been doing with the mountains in your life? Maybe it's health, maybe it's money, maybe it's a child, maybe it's your marriage, uh, maybe it's a parent. What in your life are you facing that you know they're mountains? Every one of us have got them. I got mountains in my life. I know you do too. The scripture says, whosoever, anybody that wants it, shall say unto their mountain, unto this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. Now stop right there. Hey, pastor, I struggle sometimes. Okay, what did Kurt say a couple of weeks ago? 
He said, it's okay to have faith and doubts. Your faith help you overcome your doubts. As you read the Bible, as you grow in the Word of God, as you feed your faith, as you starve your doubts, because that's exactly what's happening, then you can speak to your mountain, whosoever shall say unto their mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith. What did I just say earlier? You call those things that be not as though they were. Talk about what you want in life instead of what you have. There's a huge difference. We talked about it, amen? See, you can, you can gripe about what you have or you can talk about what you want, amen? You can gripe about what you have. That's what most people do. Or you can talk about what you want God to do, calling those things that be not as though they were. Whosoever, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Now listen, <clears throat> it doesn't say what God says. It says what you say. Did you hear that? It doesn't say what God says. It says what you say. What do you want to happen in your business? What do you want to happen in your marriage? What do you want to happen in your children's lives? What do you want to happen in your finances? What do you want to happen in your life? Where are you going? What direction are you going? What do you want? What are your hopes and dreams? Mark eleven twenty three says, you'll have what you say. Now, I didn't say that. The Bible said it. Jesus says it. It says so right here. I, I didn't say it. He said it. Now, he gives a promise. He gives a truth. He gives a principle. Are you with me? It's a tool, if you will. Okay? Then the next verse says this. Therefore. Now, remember, Jesus is talking. He says, therefore, I say unto you. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Okay, Jesus opens up his toolbox. He pulls out a tool called faith, and he hands it to you. Are you with me? He shows you a principle. He gives you a truth. He gives you a tool. Then he shows you how to use it. Are you with me? That's what the word there, what, what do we find out? Whenever you read the Bible and you see the word therefore, what are you supposed to do? Find out what it's there for. All right, now, I don't want you to miss this. This is so powerful. He gives you a truth. He gives you a principle. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say. Do you see it? Okay, therefore, I, in other words, he invokes that promise. He invokes that principle, that truth. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have it. Did you hear that? Therefore, I say, what things soever you desire. Can I ask you a question? What do you desire? What do you desire? Are you praying over it? Are you giving it to God? Are you talking to him about it? Jesus said, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. Hey, what do we talk about? Faith is what? Faith is now. Now faith, not later. Hey, God, I hope you give me this later. I hope someday this comes true. No, that's not what it says. It says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when? 
when you pray, believe you receive. And you will what? <clears throat> You'll have it. Now, what did I say last week? This is risky. What do you mean, Pastor? It's always risky to walk in faith. Because what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? What if you don't get what you prayed for? Then what? It's a lot easier to stay cynical, to stay negative, to see the downside, and to move into something else besides faith. It always takes a risk to love. It always takes a risk to walk by faith. But listen to me. It's worth it. You won't be sorry. Listen, nothing will stir your heart like answered prayer. I know probably every one of you in this room have experienced answered prayer. I know I have. And you know, when I get answers to prayer, you know what it does? Man, it revs up my motor, man. I mean, it's like, whoa, right? I mean, then I get excited. Then you know what I want to do? I want to pray some more. Nothing is more discouraging than when you don't get answers to prayer. When you feel like God's not listening, when you feel like God hadn't heard. There's both sides. But nothing is more encouraging than, man, God's hearing and God's moving. Moving. Now, here's what I want you to see in this promise. And I know there's a lot to this. I know. I could talk about Mark 11, 23 and 24 for probably three or four or five weeks. But I want you to see something very simple and very powerful. Jesus said for you to pray. Jesus said for you to trust him. Jesus said for you to believe his promises and believe his word. Whosoever, whosoever, when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have it. Listen, God loves you. What do we find out about his nature? He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. As you read his Bible, you know what he's going to do? He'll reward you. He'll bless you. He'll take care of you. He'll guide you. Now, I'm not saying your life's going to be perfect. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that in the sense of, well, you know, it's all going to be perfect. I don't mean that. But what I do mean is you can trust God. You can trust God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Build your faith. Starve your doubts. Grow in the things of God, and you'll see God do amazing things. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up. Let me pray for you. Praise God. Thanks for being here on Thursday night. I'm so grateful that you took time to come out. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. Father, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for faith. I'm thankful, Father God, that we grow our faith. We develop our faith. We use our faith. Father, I'm thankful for the promises in your word that, Jesus, you're at work in our lives. And that, Father God, we trust you. We take you at your word. We take you at your promises. Father God, thank you for your hand on our lives. Lord, as we leave this place, we're strengthened, we're encouraged, we're refreshed, and that your hand is on us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. I love y'all. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your evening.